This morning, we continue our study on the book of Genesis. We're now studying the life of Jacob. Now, who is Jacob? Abraham, from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, right? So, last, last week, we learned about two brothers. Who are the two brothers? Jacob and Esau. Last week, our brother Paul shared with us from Genesis chapter 29 about two sisters. Who are these two sisters? Rachel and Leah. He challenged us to look at the expectations versus the reality. He challenged us to think, who is the one that you love? Jacob loved whom? Who? But who did he marry first? Why? Because he was deceived. What does the name Jacob mean? Deceiver. So he got a taste of his own medicine. You know, in their culture, he veiled. In the morning, ah! Right? And then, Laban said, oh, it's not our custom to marry the younger before the older. Another taste of his own medicine. The elder brother Esau was supposed to receive the blessing. But Jacob, with the connivance of his mother, Rebekah, stole the blessing from Esau. The older is supposed to receive the blessing. Who got the blessing? The younger. He wanted the younger. Who did he get? The older. Brother Paul also reminded us, who is it that the one who loves you? It is more important to realize that God loves us. I challenged the people yesterday in the couple's retreat. God is more committed to fixing your marriage than you could ever be. We have to realize that. God is more committed to you than you can ever realize that you can be committed to him. That commitment is explained to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. When God says he loves you, he will prove it to you. And he proved it when he said he loves us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then last week at the end, Paul challenged us. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Can we all read this? And we know... Is God for you? Will God, things will God work things out for you? What is the condition? That you love God and you are called according to his purpose. And what is he committed to do according to verse 29? What? Look at the verse. Don't be like my day group looking at the ceiling every time I ask a question. <laughs> what does this verse say? The other one will count the tiles on the floor. What is God committed to do? He will conform you. He will transform you. Into what? The image and likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. So God will remove things, people, circumstances that do not conform you to the image of Christ. And what you lack, he will supply. Does it happen overnight? No. 
It happens little by little, step by step, moment by moment. God is not yet done with us. The first step to your journey with Christ is your acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord. But it doesn't stop there. God wants to conform us, to change us, to make us like his son, Jesus Christ. It's a process. That's why the book of Hebrews in the New Living Translation says this. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Do you see the sequence? Before you get to the promise part, what do you need to do? Patient endurance. For what purpose is God telling us to have patient endurance? To continue to do God's will. And as you and I continue to do God's will, what will eventually happen? You will receive a reward. So that is the sequence. First, we need patient endurance. Okay? Therefore, I have titled the message this morning, Don't Give Up, Keep It Up. Don't Give Up, Keep It Up. Let's pray. God, we thank you for our songs of praise and worship. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Especially, Lord, through that couple's retreat that we just finished. Praise and glory and honor to you, Lord God, for the lives that you have touched and the lives that you will continue to change. As we continue our study of your word, Lord God, fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Grant us understanding, wisdom, and the desire to obey you no matter what. We commit to you this time, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 29. Jacob, long story short, Jacob married both Leah and Rachel. Who did he love? Who did he marry first? I shared with you if he came here early that he married Rachel. First he married, then he married he worked seven years for Leah, thinking that it was Rachel. The morning, it's not. But I love Rachel. Oh, he worked another seven years. Right? But the seven years was, you know, when you're in love? Yee! Time flies. Right? So, another seven years. No problem. Of course, you're married. What usually happens? Naturally, or the natural scheme of things is you have children. So in Genesis 29, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. See, when Jacob saw uh, Leah, oh, weak eyes, bad Rachel, beautiful. She is the one I love. But when God saw that Rachel, that Leah was unloved, what did he do? What did he do? He enabled her to have children. But Rachel, the one whom Jacob loved, could not conceive. Does God know what you're going through? Is God in the business of doing something about your situation? Yes. We may not see it right away. But be of patient endurance. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, not the sandwich. The Lord has noticed my misery and now my husband will love me. You see, their names have special meaning. So Reuben, the Lord has noticed my misery. Okay? Now my husband will love me. Some marriages, when they go sour, when they go south, ah, 
we will have children. If we have children, he has no choice. He will stay with me. He will love me because now we have a child. That's her point. Now he will love me because we have a child. And then in verse 33 of chapter 29, soon she became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon and said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. There is another meaning to the name. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son, Levi, not the genes. She said, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. Why would she say, my husband will give affection? Do you think that she already feels love? She feels the love? I don't think so. Because she's trying to reconcile all of these children with Jacob loving her. And then in verse 35, once again, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. So he named him Judah. For she said, now I will praise the Lord. And she stopped having children. Would you say that this family is a mess? From Isaac and Esau to now the brewing competition of, with children between Leah and Rachel. Do you think this family is a mess? Do you think God can make your mess into a message? Do you believe that? You know, when you read your Bibles, the first context, the first interpretation is what is written. When the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, do you need the concordance to see, am I part of that all? Wait a minute. What does all mean? Let me see. Let me, oh, maybe in the Hebrew it's different. Oh, maybe in the Greek. It says all. But the rabbis and scholars of the Bible, they say that there is a meaning under the meaning. And through the names of the children of Jacob, we see the gospel. We see the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me show you. The gains of God transforms us. God's word and his spirit plus people plus circumstances plus time equals Transformation, Christ-likeness. Is God committed to transform you to be like Christ? Yes. So what will he use? He will use his word. He will use his spirit. He will bring people into your lives. He will allow circumstances into your lives. He will even, maybe perhaps, extend or shorten the time. For what purpose? So that he can transform you to be like his son, Jesus Christ. All right? Now. Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children. She became jealous of her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I will die. Does this sound familiar? To Esau? Give me the soup. I am so famished. If you do not give me the soup, I will die. Sometimes our children are like that. Dad, if you don't give me that brand new iPhone 7, I will die. My schoolmates will laugh at me. I should have the latest phone. Come on. Look at her. Will she die if she does not give birth? On the contrary, you might die giving birth, right, ladies? <laughs> give me a child. Give me children or else I will die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel and said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? I think Jacob is already beginning to feel, you're just using me. <laughs> what do you think of me? Thinking of you? You're just using me as an instrument for you to bear children. Men, do you feel like that? 
Kok yes ah? You are just a you are just a donor to conceive. Jacob's anger burned. Am I in the place of God? You're just using me to have children? What is this? What happened? She said, "Here is my maid, Bilha. Go into her that she may bear on may bear on my knees, that through her I too may have children." So she gave him her maid Bilha as a wife, and Jacob went into her. Does this again sound familiar? Whose story are we talking about when we say that it's familiar? Who? Sarah and? Oh, I'm old. I'm barren. Maybe what God means is for you, Abraham, to go into our maid, Hagar, so that through Hagar, we may have offspring. God said no. Again, here it is. A failure in discipleship once again. So she gave him her maid Bilha as a wife, and Jacob went into her. What happened to his anger? What happened to his anger? You are just using me. Go to our maid. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Man, they're a mess. Bila conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and he has given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. Okay? Again, you see that? Vindicated and Dan. There's a meaning. I'll show you in a while. Rachel's maid Bilha conceived again. Oh! Nagustuhan! First he got angry. Now he's taking seconds. Man, this guy. And he bore Jacob a second son. So Rachel, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister. And I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. You see the competition between Rachel and Leah? How many do you have? How many? Oh, huh? You see that? Look at her statement. I have wrestled with my sister. Is she really wrestling with her sister? She's just competing with her sister. I have indeed prevailed, she says. I have named him Naphtali. When Leah saw she had stopped bearing, she took her maid, Zilpah, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. I think they're establishing a poultry. Damning chicks! Man, he came. <laughs> Leah saw that he had stopped bearing. So, okay, I'm done. Silpa, your turn. <laughs> Man. Leah made Silpa board Jacob a son. Then Leah said, how fortunate. So she named him Gad. Walang L. Gad. Leah made Silpa bore Jacob a second son. See, they're still giving birth. You don't know anymore who's the kid of whom. Right? Because the maid is involved, the sisters are involved, the maid of the other sister is involved. Man, Leah's, Leah's made Zilpha board Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, happy am I, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Mandrakes are olden times Viagra. They are aphrodisiacs. So they got them from the field. And what happened? Rachel said to Leah, give me son, some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it a small matter for you to take my husband? Why is she giving mandrakes to Jacob? And will you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, therefore he may lie with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. See the manipulation going on? He's quite a mess. 
they're, cons they're conniving, they're manipulating things to get their way. When Jacob in came in from the field, then Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come into me, for I have surely hired you. I told you. You're just using me. <laughs> Go to Bill. Yes, no problem. For I have surely hired you with my son's mandrake, so lay with her tonight. God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my wages, my reward, because I gave him my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with good gift. Now my husband will dwell, honor me, because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Afterward, she bore him a daughter named Dina or Dinah. Depends on your geography. But then God remembered Rachel. And God gave heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph, saying, My Lord, give me another son. Where is the gospel in all of these names? According to the scholars and rabbis, you have Leah, the maids Bilha and Zilpa, and the other sister, Rachel. Reuben, see a son. The gospel begins with the son, the son of God. Jesus, in Matthew 17, verse 5, when he was transfigured, God said, This is my beloved son. Second, he said, listen to him. The name Simeon means hearing. And then, when you hear about the son, when you hear about salvation in Jesus Christ, you are joined to him. You are adopted into the family of God because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. And this will result in your praise to God. But even when you come to faith in Christ, there will always be a judgment. But your judgment has been paid for by Jesus Christ. Therefore, you will be vindicated because of the Son of God. And because you are vindicated, you will begin to wrestle with your new life. You're so used to your old life, but when Jesus comes into your life, he will want to remove things, people, maybe even circumstances, to make you the image of his Son. You will wrestle with God's commands, but the promise is you will prevail. And you will realize that you are a blessed person, that we are a blessed people. And this will result in happiness. You will rejoice that you are going to spend eternity with God in heaven. And in that heaven, you will receive your reward. You will receive your reward from God in due time. And then in that place, you will dwell in a place of honor. You will sit in the table beside the Lord Jesus Christ. David prayed, Oh, that I may dwell in your house forever. And then your reproach will be taken away. No more sin, no more anguish, no more pain, no more suffering because you are in the presence of the Lord and the story of the gospel will remain the same because it is all about the Son of God. He says, the Son on my right hand. Where does Jesus sit today? In the right hand of God. Where will all those who have placed their faith in Jesus sit one day? In the right side of God. This family is a mess, but it brings a message. All these names in the Old Testament represent something, and you see the gospel 
initially when you say, wow, what is this? So-and-so gave birth to so-and-so, and then the maid, and then this, and then the other maid, and then this. But you see, God sees the big picture. We stopped at Judah in, with Joseph, but then in Genesis 35, they gave birth to Benjamin. He was supposed to be called another name, Ben-Oni, but the father changed his name to Benjamin, and it represents son on my right hand. Genesis 30, it came about when Leah and Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Benjamin had not yet been born, but when Joseph was born, Jacob said to himself, I must go back. But if he went back, who was waiting for him? Esau, the guy who promised that as soon as I see you, after the days of mourning for our father have passed, I will kill you. Said it's time. So he goes to his father-in-law Laban. I want to leave. I want to go back to my country. Give me my wives, my children from whom I have served you. Fourteen years. Seven years for? Seven years for? Fourteen years. And let me depart. For you yourself know my service which I have rendered to you. But Laban said, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord blessed me on your account. Did Laban realize that he was blessed because of Jacob? Now, will you give up the goose that lays the golden egg? No. Why will you give it up? You're going to lose the blessing. To entice Jacob to stay, verse 28, he continued, Name me your wages and I will give it. You want to move to another corporation. You're giving in your two weeks notice. But you are a good worker. Then the boss will tell you, what can I give you to stay? <laughs> you are mine. Yes? This is the boss telling you, name your price. When my wife Lynette was working, I wanted her to quit. She shared yesterday, right, in, the in her testimony. Why? But you know, if I quit, I've got nothing to do. I'm earning more than you, etc., etc. Then she said, There's this other company wanting to hire me. Ha! I thought this is my chance. Mr. Manipulator is coming to the forefront. Oh, they want you? Okay, if they pay you this amount, go ahead. They paid me the amount. <laughs> My plan backfired. They paid her the salary that I demanded, which was, I think, three times her salary. You're Jacob. You want to leave. You've served 14 years. Let me go back. Oh, your father-in-law says, I know that I am blessed because of you. Stay. Name me your wages. My turn. What is his wage? Let me pass through the entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs and the spotted and the speckled among the goats and such shall be my wages. What's the deal? All the white will stay with you. All the speckled, the striped, the dark, whatever it is, are mine. You know, if you read your whole Bible, you know, the white is the best, the perfect, right? So those are, those are the expensive ones. So logically, oh, those spotted ones, they're cheap. Go ahead. Yours. No problem. Jacob, being still the manipulator that he is, we, have don't, we don't have time to, to show you right now. What he did when the goats 
when the sheep were mating, he brought them to a place where there's spots. He thought that if they saw while the animals are mating, that the offspring will be striped, will be colored, so that it will go to whom? To him. All the white will remain to Laban. All the stripe and others like this, they will go to him. He thought he was doing it. Right? So what happened? So the man, because Laban agreed, name your price. So the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants, camels and donkeys. If he had left at the time that he had wanted to leave, he would have brought his two wives, the maids, and their children. Period. What was his wage? To work seven years to get the daughter. To work another seven years to get the other daughter. That was his wage. Now, because of this deal with his father-in-law Laban, now what is his financial condition? Now he's very rich. He's very blessed, exceedingly prosperous, large flocks, female, male servants, camels, and donkeys. Jacob, however, saw that the attitude of Laban, and behold, it was no longer friendly towards him. See, when other people are being blessed, if you're not careful, what happens? Become jealous. Crab mentality. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Genesis 31 verse 3, Return to the land of your fathers, to your relatives, and I will be with you. Was this not the promise of God to Abraham? Was this not the promise of God to Isaac? Now God is reminding Jacob, I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the flock in the field and said to them, I see your father's attitude that it is not friendly toward me as formerly, but the God of my father has been with me. He's now recognizing that God is involved in his situation. But he keeps on working. He keeps on doing what he's supposed to do. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. However, God did not allow him to hurt me. What is the reality? Time and time again, Jacob was cheated. Time and time again, Jacob was deceived. Time and time again, he got a taste of his own medicine. But what is he constantly realizing now through his statements? God did not allow your father Laban to hurt me. God said, I will be with you. Now, remember in Jacob's mind, he would bring the, the mating animals and show them spotted or dark things so that when they, they give birth to their offspring, dark and spotted so that it will be me. But who was involved? If he spoke thus, referring to God. See, God did not allow him to hurt me. And then it says, if he spoke thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth speckled. If he spoke thus, the stripe shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth stripe. Thus, God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. Who was creating all those speckled and striped offspring of goats and sheep? God. Jacob was manipulating still. But he has come to a realization. It was God all along. God was with him. And then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I said, here I am. He said, lift up your eyes and see that all the male goats which are mating are striped, speckled, and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you made a vow to me. Now arise, leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. 
Do you remember? Jacob was sojourning, traveling to Laban, and he got a stone and made it his pillow, and in a dream God spoke to him. God was reminding Jacob in verse 12, Lift up your eyes, see that all the male goats which are mating are striped, speckled, and mottled, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. So who arranged it? Who caused it that the offspring of this, this goats and the sheep would be speckled? God. Why? Because God sees, God knows the duplicity, the deception, the manipulation of his father-in-law Laban. And God is going to do something about it. He said, I'm the God of Bethel. You remember, you made a vow to me. You said, if I will protect you, if I will bless you, that I will be your God. And he said, now return to the land of your birth. So he took everything. His wives, their maids, his flocks. Now that he's exceedingly rich and prosperous, he left secretly. Why did you flee secretly and deceive me? Laban says, and did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with joy and with songs, with timbrel and lyre, and did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly. They left. Laban caught up with them after seven days. And when he finally caught up, this is his statement to Jacob. If you are Jacob, will you believe the sweet nothings of your father-in-law whose demeanor towards you has already changed? He's not as friendly to you as before. Oh, why did you deceive me? I was not able to say goodbye. Talaga, huh? Now you have done foolishly. What did Jacob say? Then Jacob replied to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. So the jig is up. Why did he leave? He was afraid that if he asked permission from Laban, Laban would not give his permission and retain his daughters. But there's another side to it. It is in my power to do you harm, Laban says. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, Be careful not to speak either good or bad to Jacob. In Jacob's mind, he was in danger. So he left. He ruled out the possibility that God was working in the life of his father-in-law. Why wouldn't you think that way? In 20 years, his wages were changed 10 times. He was deceived by having married the elder daughter when in fact he was in love with the younger daughter. Your track record tells me otherwise. Your statement, what? I, I was not able to say goodbye. I was not able to kiss my grandchildren, etc., etc. That's why you would say, I thought you would, let, you would not let me go. That you would take your children from me. But then God is working. It was in my power to do you harm. But the Lord of your father, not your Lord, not your God, says the God of your father spoke to me and told me not to do you harm, not to speak either good or bad to you. That's why in the process of God's molding us, we should realize that patient endurance is what we need. Now, so that you will what? Continue to do God's will. Don't give up. Keep doing God's will. 
he says, these 20 years I have been with you. Your youth, your female goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten the rams of your flocks. That which was torn of beast, I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. You required it of my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was by day, heat consumed me, and frost by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. Was Jacob a faithful worker? Was he at least an honest worker? Yes. How many sheep? Whatever he would say. Exactly. If, somebody, if one of them died, he will still report it. If one of them got lost, it's his responsibility. That still belongs to Laban. At least he was an honest worker. He was beginning to develop into the kind of person God wants him to be. These 20 years I have been in your house, I have served you 14 years for your two daughters and an additional six years for your, for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been for me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the toil of my hands, so, I rendered, so he rendered judgment last night. What is Jacob telling Laban? God is not only with me. God is for me. It's one thing to God, for God to be in you. It is another to realize that God is for you. He is working on your behalf. You and I may not see it. But we should continue to do good. Look at what he said. 20 years. 14 for your daughters, an additional 6 for your flocks. Yet you changed my wages 10 times. Jacob the deceiver has finally met his match. A deceiver worse than himself. Yet because God was involved, he realized that the father of the God of Abraham and the God of, J of Isaac is still not his God. He's still referring to the God of his grandfather. He's still referring to the God of his father. But he's realizing that the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac is for him. And God has seen my affliction and the toil of my hands. And what did God do? He rendered judgment. At the proper time, through patient endurance, this you will receive all that he has promised. But it depends on your endurance. And then that endurance, while God is at work, you and I should continue to do God's will. And at the right time, you will receive all that God has promised. Did God promise to prosper Jacob? And now what is God promising to Jacob? Return to your land. When Jacob left, he had zero, nothing. He left his mother. He left his father. Of course, he would run away from his elder brother Esau. He had nothing. He didn't have a pillow even that he would sleep in the desert using a stone. He follows his mother, his mother's instruction to go to Laban. He gets a wife after being deceived. He works another seven years for the wife that he really wanted. He worked another six years for the flocks. God allowed this time to prepare Jacob for his eventual return to his own land. If you and I become short-sighted, we do not see the hand of God at work, you and I will give up. You and I will give up on people. Nothing's going to happen anymore. Never mind. I have tried everything. Nothing's going to change. Never mind. 
That's why some people end up in divorce. Nothing's going to happen to this. Better to divorce, I'll just look for my own happiness elsewhere. Guess what? If you were there yesterday, the statistics of first-time divorce is what? 40%. Second divorce is 60. Third divorce, 75. Is divorce the answer? No. But people think that that's the answer. I need to be happy. My friends, happiness is in the Lord. God is not yet true. So while God is processing us, what should we do? Don't give up. Keep it up. What is that should that we should keep up? We should keep on obeying God. In the midst of the process, we should keep on obeying God. God is not yet through. God is not yet done. But many times, we are the one. We write people off. Lanean. No more. Useless. Never mind. <laughs> Let me share with you. I told my wife. I emailed my boss. Sir, I now have more responsibilities at our church. May I be allowed to change my time from 8 to 5, 7.30 to 4.30, right? So I can leave earlier, and if I need to go visit your D groups, I have a little more time, right? So I emailed him. After a week, he did not reply. The other day, I went to his uh, room. I said, sir, you haven't replied to my email. No. His, you know, his style of communication is very terse. No. I said, did you get my email? Yes. What happened? No. <laughs> I did not. Was he, did he say no? I did not get your email or the answer is no. No. Uh, sir, uh, you have. No. Other, other workers ask for it too. Sir, I asked for you since last year. No. If I allow you. So I left. And golly, what's this? We, we have 10 people in our group now. Some people are coming 7 to 4. Some people are 9 to 6. What's one worker? 7.30 to 4.30, right? So I begin to, I begin to grumble. I begin to complain. I sent a text message to my coworker. Who did you speak to regarding the change of your time? You know, human machinations. Who did you talk to? Because she was able to change her time. Imagine I have co-workers whose time is supposed to be 7.30 to 4.30, but they leave at 4 because they have agreed to have a 30-minute lunch. I'm just asking 30 minutes front and back. No! So I'm already thinking, okay, will I continue to be the good worker that he says I am? He does not, it's just a small thing. He cannot even, he doesn't want even to give it to me. I think I'll change my work habit. Those are going on in my mind. And then later on, he calls me. Hey, where's your, no, 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 no. Where's your bio data? Where's your resume? They're looking for a supervisor here. You, you give me, give me. You exaggerate your, uh, you exaggerate. <laughs> I got a call at uh, past five. No ID. Who's this? No ID, no entry. <laughs> no ID. No ID. Okay. Hello. Hi, this is Lorenzo. That's my formal name. Yes, who's calling? Gabby. Gabby who? Gabby from Metro East. Uh, our office, Metro East. Oh, hi, Gabby. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, yeah, what's going on? Uh, are you available for uh, the interview on March the 1st at 1 p.m. at 12 noon? For eligibility supervisor. Oh, yeah, I can make it. <laughs> yeah, I can make it. 
Not only the interview went through, he called me again to his office. Hey, you better apply for this other position too. Administ administrative assistant. Two-year internship. Usually, after you graduate here, if they take you, you'll become deputy. But how did the conversation start? No! Because I already asked him before, Sir, can I change my time? No. It's really for my benefit, he says. Because I believe he trusts me to run the unit even if he's not there. So he doesn't like to change my time. But you see, initially, no. Okay, huh? no. Huh? Mm, okay. Who did you email to get your time changed? I think I will talk to the deputy about this. I think I will talk to HR. Hoy, there's an opening for supervisor. You apply for this, you apply for that. Don't give up. God is not yet done. God is not yet through. In the middle of what you're going through, you and I need patient endurance. Continue to do God's will. Then at the right time, you will receive all. Okay? All that he has promised. What you and I need to do is to rest. Relax. God is not yet done. We'll rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Don't be afraid like people like Laban who prosper at your expense because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. God is the one who will truly bless you. It's not people. It's not money. It is ultimately God who will bless you. Real blessings come from God. They are received by faith in God and in his word. And they are manifest in your obedience. Jacob could have called it quits. Maybe you called it quits on your relationships. Maybe you called it quits between, if you're a child, maybe you've called it quits on your parents. My parents are not, you know, they're not making the grade. Vice versa. Don't be so quick to dismiss. Don't be so quick to write people off because God is not yet finished. Patient endurance, obeying God's will, and in time, you will receive all the reward God has promised you. You sh and I should be convinced that God is at work. That's why Paul writes in Philippians, I am convinced of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it in the day of Christ Jesus. Do you believe this to be true? Don't give up. Keep it up. You may be going through difficulty a financial situation, a relationship problem. Don't give up. Keep obeying God. Keep trusting God. And at the right time, you will receive what? All the rewards that he has promised you. God is not like Laban. God is true. God is trustworthy. Let me share with you this song. Where is our brother Bogey? Brother Bogey. There you are. Ponging Bogey. All right. You know, you should appreciate Brother Bogey. He's here every Sunday, you know. Perhaps you're stuck in a dead-end job. You feel that you're stuck with a dead-end spouse. 
you feel that you're stuck with dead-end parents, you know, don't give up. Keep on trusting the Lord. Keep on obeying Him. And in the right time, you will receive a, all of His promises. Let's look at this. Psalm 46 says to cease striving and to know that God is in control. Lord God, we pray that you would take I know some of you know this. If you like to, you can sing along. That joy that gives us strength. Don't grow weary. Sing it with me. You know it, sing it. Why? What will happen? Keep on praying. just want to thank you that you are still on the throne that you are still in control and that you are trustworthy God forgive us for the times that we've given up on you given up on ourselves given up on other people and situations teach us Lord to have eyes on of faith focused upon you and focus upon your promises that say that when we persevere and we continue to do right, at the right time, we will reap all the blessings, all the rewards that you have promised to us. May the glory go to you, Lord, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise be to God. All right. And here are discussions, discussion questions. What? Or who have you given up on? And what commands from God have you stopped obeying and why? Right? Okay, uh, breakout leaders, you can now uh, gather yourselves as we uh, 
discuss application for our message this morning.